Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to another episode of the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Okay, so this week's topic is about habits. And we know that we have talked about this on several different occasions on this podcast, but one of the ways that we want to kind of deep dive into this, because again, Laura and I just happen to be reading (laughs) books about habits. Um, I'm reading The Power of Habit, which I brought with me today. This book is by Charles Duhigg, and Laura is reading about Tom Brady, and I cannot wait for you to talk about this. Oh, love him. Um, Tom Brady just like announced his retirement the other day. And so he's such an incredible athlete. Although I personally, you know, I'm not going to get into football politics here, <laughs> but truthfully, what we were interested in talking about today is habits, what they are, how you can change them, how you can use them for the success of your life and your business. Yeah. Anything else before we dive right in? No, I just want to note that we're in the same outfit. We are literally wearing the <laughs> same outfit. Did not plan so, it. <laughs> this is because, and it just cracks me up because Amy and I share a brain. Yes. And so we are in our office today, and you can see that if you're watching the clip, but we're in our office today. We have some meetings after this, but we showed up in this literally like the same exact outfit. Literally so. the same outfit. Anyway. And yeah, anyway. All right. Go on. That's just a little footnote. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let me just preface this by saying that the reason I picked up this book right now, The Power of Habit, is because one, it came across like my newsfeed. So I was like, ooh, that's a book that I've had in my Amazon wish list for a very long time. Um, so long. It, it is so, <laughs> so long. long. But 10 pages a day, Laura Katina. That's right. That's what I, know. Say. I know. So it came up in my newsfeed. I was like, ooh, okay, interesting. And it actually really does align right now with the season of life I'm in because I'm kind of rebuilding some habits that you've been listening to our podcast and following along. I had my youngest child a year ago and my routines have kind of been thrown out of whack and I've had to really pivot and I'm really trying to claw back to that place where I was, where I was like full momentum, full like nonstop action, routine, habits, etc. And my brain and my life just like thrive on that kind of routine and planning. Um, So I thought that this book would be really helpful to try and just dive into like the why behind creating habits for ourselves and how they could really help in our everyday life. And so this book in particular really dives into the science of habits and talks about the habit loop that has been scientifically proven by scientists, neurologists, psychologists as to how a habit is created, what it's made up of. And there are like three distinct different parts to a habit. There's the cue, 
the routine, and then the reward. And what this book dives into, which I'd never thought of before, because I've heard of the habit loop. We, I, mean, yeah. I think we've had other thought leaders that have talked about the habit loop, was there are two other aspects of a habit that are crucial. One is a craving has to be established so that you want to do that routine and that you crave that reward. So your body will start to crave doing the entire habit loop when it's presented with a cue. And then the second is belief, which there's actually a little sports story that I'll talk about when we talk about the Tom Brady stuff. But it's the idea that the power of these habits only really comes from the belief that you have that the habit is going to help change your life or change a specific part of your life that you're looking to habitualize or, you know, improve upon. So that's kind of like the loop that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I'm so excited about it because I am obsessed with learning about habits, um, but how people who are already functioning at a high level of achievement Mm -hmm. incorporate habits into their lives. Like what, what habits do they have? How do they use them? What do they do? And so I've always been obsessed with Tom Brady. I am a, not a Patriots fan, (laughs) even though my brother lives up in Boston and is married to a Patriots fan. We are Giants fans, sadly, but, um, (laughs) never been a Patriots fan, not a box fan when he went to the box, couldn't care less about them. Yeah. But I've always been so, he's my age. Okay. So I've always been so fascinated by how does this man who is in his forties, how is he in such good shape? Right. What does he do? What are his habits to take care of himself? Mm -hmm. And so when he, you know, retired this week, I like started reading all about him. We started watching a series about him, man in the uh, arena. And we watched the first episode and it was about the beginning of his career. And he was like, not a top quarterback. He was like a sixth round draft pick. Mm -hmm. He didn't really play in high school. He actually played baseball, which I learned. Wow. Um, He was a baseball player. When he went to Michigan, he wasn't like a starter. When he went to the NFL, he was a sixth round draft pick. So Mm -hmm. he, I was listening to him in a podcast this week and he was like, you know, people say, oh, Tom Brady, you have it so easy. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like I was not at the top of anything. When I started, he worked so hard and developed incredible habits to get him where he is, which are nutrition, hydration, his, his workouts, his sleep, all of these things that he incorporated into his life. Um, So I'm excited to hear about this book and what it teaches about habits. So what I think we should kind of start with is the idea that we do so much in our daily life. I think we do about 40 to 45%. I think that's what the studies are that have shown. We do about 40 to 45% of things during our days that are actually habits. You don't even think about them. They are so automated. So for example, when you wake up out of, when you get up in the morning and your alarm sounds, do you reach for your phone? Is that the first thing that you do? Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, of course you don't, Laura. You know, Ed Mott talks about that too. However, that is a habit that I changed because I did not like the fact that I was picking up my It was literally a habit. You yeah. don't, e- don't even think about it. I would have my phone on my uh, night table right next to my bed. Mm-hmm. My eyes would open. I would pick up my phone and walk into the bathroom. So I moved it. 
and it's no longer the first thing that I look at in the morning. Well, so this is beautiful. Laura, you just gave us our first <laughs> example of it. The cue is she wakes up in the morning. The first routine that she did was grab for her phone. And what did you get? What kind of reward did you get at the time? You got this sense of security, a sense of knowing what was going on in your day. You had all these messages waiting. You had all these things, right? There's a reward wrapped into that feeling that you get when you reach for the phone and it's like the first part of your day. That's what you craved when you woke up right? until you changed it. Now, you didn't change waking up. Nope. You didn't change the reward that you got. You changed the routine. So when you woke up in the morning, your alarm goes off. The first thing that you did now was you didn't have your phone there. So you couldn't reach for that. But instead, the reward that you got was... I still have that sense of safety. I still have that sense of comfort because I'm doing something better that's actually improving my mental health first thing in the morning. And it's not responding to everybody else's demands. Correct. It's like peace of mind because I used to use it. And I think a lot of people do this. I used to use it as my, as my alarm. Mm -hmm. So what I did was just as a side note, I changed, I wear my app, my watch to sleep mm -hmm. and I have the alarm, like it literally vibrates on my wrist and that's how I wake up. There so I go. changed that completely. And now that is also too, that's a change in a habit that you have a habit of your alarm sounding from your phone, which then ties into you wanting to pick it up. And naturally it's actually a habit. It's a habit for you to pick up your phone and look through your notifications. It's a habit until you change the routine involved. So that's one habit, right? Another habit would be people that have like a cup of coffee ready for them in the car and they drive while they're drinking a cup yep. of coffee. How do you brush your teeth in the morning? You probably have a hand that you use all the time to brush your teeth. Your teeth, that was taught to you. That wasn't something that just like all of a sudden you decide that you're going to start brushing your teeth with your left hand. Like try it. It's, <laughs> it's hysterical. Um, but all of these things are habits. They're deeply rooted. I think it's the basal ganglia in our brain, just to get really scientific, that stores all of these habits. And this book that I'm reading, is mind-blowing to me, showed that the way that people can overcome bad habits, and I'm, I'm using that word kind of lightly, but like we'll talk about even alcoholism, uh, obesity, uh, smoking, any other bad habits, that unhealthy habits that people are trying to break that cycle from, the way that they really break it is they don't break it. They actually change the routine. They change that middle portion of a habit so that they are now replacing that trigger, that craving that they have to reach for a drink, reach for a cigarette, reach for a piece of food, reach for a snack, whatever it is, reach for another cup of coffee, and they change it with something else. And then as they continue to do that, they start to crave it. And as you continue to crave it, you so you're then craving something work. new. Correct. Okay. Correct. You crave that reward at the end line, right? I think I used this topic when we talked about habits last year was that I used to have that second or third cup of coffee in the afternoon. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm hitting my slump. I need another cup of coffee. So my habit became, I'm going to drink that third cup of coffee in the day at three o'clock in the afternoon. And it was affecting me physically and mentally. So instead, my routine was to always get another cup of coffee because the cue was I started to feel sleepy and tired. Yeah. And the reward would be I would get a burst of energy. So I was craving that burst of energy. Instead, when I felt slumpy and like tired in the afternoon, I replaced it with a 
cup of decaf tea. It was warm. It was soothing. It gave me just like another warm and cozy feeling. I started to crave that sensation that I got from drinking that cup of tea. So now I could easily replace that cup of coffee with a cup of tea. It's so interesting. Isn't that it great? It really is. But it's still like the desired outcome. Correct. Right? There's still that reward at the end. Correct. But so is is what the book teaches is it's like the middle part that changes? Yeah. Is that what it is? It's the only part that really will change is the routine. Your brain recognizes, first of all, your brain wants these habits because it means that you have less energy to exert because you're building a habit. Right. So we talked about this once before too, laying out your workout clothes the night before. Right. You start saving that mental energy first thing in the morning when your brain doesn't have to think, well, where is my where are my sneakers? Where are my pants? Where you don't have to think about it, it anymore. It just becomes automatic. It becomes automatic and your brain loves that because it's a sense of safety and comfort and security. So you are creating this by changing your routines so that they become habits over the period of time. So does the book talk about how you should go about making that change? Does it give like suggestions? Like what does it say about actually making the change? It says that, well, for one example, there was a woman that was biting her nails all the time. And by working with a psychologist about the habit of really identifying what are the cues? When are the, the moments where you feel that sensation like you want to do the thing that you actually want to stop what you want to do that habit that you want to stop and for her it was every time she would watch tv or do homework she would start biting her nails right and then she feel like she had to continue before she could end so instead of that the psychologist said okay identify every time you have a cue and instead of doing the biting of the nails figure out the physical response that you can get by scratching your arm or grabbing a pencil so that you can't physically bite onto your nails, right? Replace whatever the routine is, the bad habit that you want to break with a new habit. So like using my coffee example before, take away that cup of coffee, replace it with something else. It's so, and it could be the same thing with anything. Like I always go back to this cell phone thing because it was just such a huge change that I made in my life. And it's been, you know, for the better, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, the other change that I made in addition to, you know, moving my phone away from my night table was that I turned off my notifications. Mm -hmm. And so I have to do that. So that's something I have to remember to do every night before I go to bed. It's become a habit right before I put my phone down. I turn off the notifications for my email mm-hmm. and my text messages. I never have them on for like Instagram, Facebook. I just, I turned them off a long time ago for social media, but how do clients typically communicate? Like for work, so many clients text us, text us emails mm-hmm. all day and all, all night. Yeah. So what I was finding was that even though I had like all these great habits for the morning, the first thing I would do when, you know, when you pick up your phone, you get the notifications light up. So I would see a text message and I would see the emails and I would immediately just start looking at them. And it was really stressing me out. Yeah. So what I did, I changed that habit. So instead of automatically, like you pick up the phone, you see the notifications. Now, when I pick up my phone, I don't see anything. So you don't get that sense of overwhelm. Right. don't get that. But what you're changing there is not the habit of grabbing for your phone. 
because you still have the phone in your hand, you changed the routine of having the notifications. Now, by eliminating those notifications, you have changed what you do with the phone when you pick it up. Yeah. It, and that's incredible to me. So the other thing that they say in this book too, is that you can never get rid of the bad behaviors that you have. They're only replaced. That's so interesting. So me. your cravings will always be there. I could always crave that cup of coffee in the afternoon, but if I don't give into it and I keep drinking my decaf tea with lemon and honey, then I'm still avoiding that craving. That's still always going to be rooted in my brain. It's just in there. So you just have to replace it with something. Yeah. So interesting. Which, I, and let's not minimalize this because I know I brought some like pretty heavy habits in there of like alcoholism and obesity and, and smoking and things like that. Like there are certain habits that you're, you're going to have to work at right, them. Of course. It's not to minimalize it and say, Hey, just change your routine. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> we're, we're not being that ignorant about right. the serious <laughs> issues and diseases that people can be suffering from. But it is so interesting to see the connection between the two. And for sports, there's so much in this book actually about one of the former coaches from the NFL, which you'll probably know because you're such a fan, Coach Dun Dungy. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about him and about how he actually trained his players to recognize the habits of other of the opposing team in order to anticipate what exactly they were going to do on the field. And he wanted to habitualize his players' movements so that they stopped thinking so much and started acting automatically because he said the most mistakes on the field were made when emotions got into play and people, the players started thinking too much. So, so amazing. He would look at somebody like Tom, actually, I think it was the Patriots versus the Colts when the Colts won the Super Bowl in like the 2000s. He was the head coach of the Colts and they won the, the Super Bowl. They beat Tom Brady and the Patriots that year. And he said that his players could see like by the look at Tom Brady's feet, what direction he was going in so that they could anticipate it. They focused on that as opposed to focusing on everything going on on the field. He was like, no, look at his feet. What way, what way are his toes pointing? Where's the weight of his foot? Is it behind him? Is it to the side? Anticipate what they're going to do. And then you know how to respond. Isn't that and that has to happen so quickly because, um, you know, when you're in a game like that, like you don't have like five minutes to sit there and analyze how he's placing his feet. Right. You know, so it's like you have to, it has to become a habit yeah. that you, you recognize those things in order to perform. I mean, look, most people in the world do not perform at a level, a Tom Brady level. Correct. Um, yes. It's just, it's so fascinating to me that a human being could perform at such a high level like that, mm -hmm. but not just perform at such a high level, but for such a long period of time. And you cannot sustain any type of high level performance like that, not even on that level, but any level of high performance without having good habits in place. Right. And I mean, somebody like Tom Brady, it would be part of the disdain I have for him. And I'll just, that's <laughs> playful, but is because he just kept on winning. I know. And it's like, what in the world can somebody else have a shot? But it's the reward he gets for these incredible habits. Yeah. And they passed on to the team when oh he my was God. playing with them, right? Of course. Even with the Bucks, when he moved to the Bucks, it was the same thing. He moved to this new team and won, but his habits came with him. Yeah. And so no matter where he was, whether he was at University of Michigan, 20 years with the Patriots and then with the Buccaneers, his habits traveled with him. Right. And so when you have good habits like that, you take them into whatever 
situation you're in, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, just trying to handle having your kids at home and juggle that life, Mm -hmm. or you're the CEO of a large corporation. Like You need good habits to perform at whatever a high level of performance is for you in your life. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. For us in business, I was reading this book and I'm like, okay, it talks a lot. Right now it's talking a lot about personal, uh, personal habits. And like Laura said, it's broken. It's a big book. (laughs) It's broken into three parts. It talks about personal habits, uh, habits of companies, which I'm really excited to start reading and diving into. And then it talks about habits of communities and like mass social movements, which is also incredible to think that habits could be on that like grand of a scale. But even if you think about like a football team, the habits that the team has, if they all gel together, that's when it works at its best. Yeah. And when you have these habits in community with other people, that's when your your team or your company can function at its best. So looking at and getting curious as to where the pain points, where the bad habits are in your company. Like, do, does your company spend so much time on emails? Do they spend too much time on meetings that they're taking away from precious hours of work? Like, where can you change those routines? Right. And I think that these are such incredible tips. What is the power of habit? Who's mm-hmm. the author? Charles Charles Duhigg. Yeah. Um, it sounds like an amazing book that I will definitely read. But to wrap this episode up, based upon what you've read in the book, what tips would you give people about how to evaluate their habits and then go about changing them? It, that's exactly what you what it is. You have to evaluate which habits you want to change. You have to evaluate what the cues are So the sensation that you get right before you're going to do that habit that you want to change and figure out how you can replace that bad habit with something else. So instead of grabbing that extra cup of coffee, grab the tea. Instead of grabbing a snack, grab another cup of water. If you, instead of having, you know, the vices of having a drink or having a cigarette or whatever else it is, go talk to a friend and like distract yourself from the habit that you were going to do and then keep doing that new, better habit. I absolutely love it. And thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today with everybody, including me. I learned something today. and I'll definitely be, uh, be reading this book. So we thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.